Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hello, Miss Mary. Hello, Jillian. <laughs> How are you feeling today? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Because I know you've had a couple rough days. You know, you know, it is what it is. It I is hate what... that expression, but it is what it is. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned before, I'm struggling a little bit with the long COVID stuff. Mm. And it's been a huge lesson for me because... I've had to take some things that are actually very fun off my calendar, <sighs> and that sucks. Listen, people, breakthrough for Jillian, because she actually is now admitting <laughs> that she might have long COVID. So can I tell them what you told me? Yes, of course. So <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Jillian was telling, text me about how exhausted she was, and so what she did to deal with her exhaustion, because <laughs> she was so mad at her body, she went out and picked weeds. I have this thing. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, should, wait, wait. Yeah, okay. I'm going uh, to post a video. Okay. I have this tool. Yeah. Okay. It's like, a, um, I don't want to call it a gun, but it's this thing. So you push it into the ground where the weed is mm. and these massive claws grab oh. the weed. Yeah. And then you pull back. Yes. And it pulls the weed out. Yes. And then you shoot it into oh a Oh my bucket. gosh. So it's very therapeutic. So I was so <laughs> mad at being sick and so yes. mad at being exhausted. I needed to deal with my anger. So I went and did some weeding. Well, which is okay. so stupid. Yes. And at that time, you did say that you were in denial. You were like, no, no, no. you put like a hand up. Nope, nope. No. Don't even say it. I was like, I was like, possibly? I was saying I'm a COVID denier. There you which go. Of course, I could get blocked for. I know. But <laughs> I was just denying that I actually had long COVID. Right. But I do. So, so I'm just saying you're here at, at, at a breakthrough moment, people. Breakthrough, people. <laughs> I've come to the realization I am not as hearty as I thought I was. Yes. Well, you are hearty. It's just that you're, you know, recovering. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so that's <laughs> what I'm doing. I have to look at my calendar mm. and I have to see kind of what I can manage with giving myself a lot of margin because my body just tells me one day. Yeah. It's unpredictable. Yes. Today is not your day, Jillian. <laughs> yes. And you got to listen to your body. And it just like literally sucks. Uh, there, there's a plug. It yeah. goes unplug, yeah. and it goes, right. and you know like those stupid things at the side of the road that have the air that go woo, 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 mm-hmm. up and down? Yeah. Nope, it goes flat. Well, you've just spoken about how many people who struggle with chronic uh, yeah. pain, chronic illnesses feel. You know, you've heard about the spoon thing. Yes. You have, and I'm going to totally, you know, mix, mix up the words, but it's kind of like you have to think about having some spoons. Yeah. And then in a given day, you only have so many spoons and you can only use it for certain things. Exactly. So decide in advance what you're going to do with these spoons and let go all the other things that you don't want to waste your spoons on. That's right. So I've had to make some adjustments, which has been interesting. So, yes. but today, yes, today we're going to talk about something fun. I think it'll be great. Okay. Cause this, I have it. I have this. Yes. I have this. I can taste it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about anticipation. Yes. So Mary, you know that I have shared that in the McShane family vernacular, mm. And with our listeners, we have a word, mm. and the word is tishapishan. Yes. And this is my sister's word, 
It means when you have so much anticipation, you cannot even get the word out. That's right. Correct. Beside because yourself. Because it's so exciting. Yes. That you have a much tishapishan. Yes. Much anticipation. Yes. So, uh, Tishapishan translated to English means <laughs> anticipation. <Yes. laughs> and anticipation is actually defined as excitement about something that's going to happen. Yes. And it actually has a verb behind it. The act of preparing for something. Right. You know what? Uh, I had read a study that uh, people who um, plan vacations in the longer term, yes. they actually, this whole anticipation, it's the anticipating of the trip that builds so much excitement and it, 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 it kind of rewires your brain almost into that positive affect. Ooh. So then, then you have your trip and then you have your memory. So like it's, it's like the, the planning. So anyway. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling like me right now yeah. because... Um, because over the last couple of years, we haven't had that, mm. right? With, yes. with things kind of being deferred. Yeah. And lately I've been thinking and feeling that many of us have had this interruption yeah. or this deferment of anticipation. Yeah. And perhaps we've had a few disappointments and things and events that we were anticipating. Mm-hmm. And then they were kiboshed due to COVID. Yeah. You know, we yeah. are going to a wedding in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you and I together. Mm-hmm. And this wedding took place last year. Yeah. But because of COVID, yeah. it was just a f- very f- small, like the family only. Yeah. And even the bridesmaids kind of showed up for some pictures. Yeah. But couldn't go to the wedding celebration. Exactly. Yeah. So they basically got dressed up, did mm-hmm. some pictures, and mm-hmm. then... The family got together for the wedding, mm-hmm. and that was that. That was that. So they couldn't anticipate this big party. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to the reception this year, which mm-hmm. is going to be wonderful. Yes. But there's been so much deferred. Yes. And I think this has really negatively affected some of us mm-hmm. um, because maybe we're holding back on anticipation now <sighs> so that we're not disappointed. disappointed. Yes. The fear of being disappointed is huge. It's a thing, man. Tell so us I'd about re- that. Well, it, you know, it's kind of like um, if I can shut down my emotions and keep myself sort of flat Maybe then I won't feel the pain and the sadness and the anger, but then also I don't feel the joy. So like the pain of disappointment is so intense for so many people that they'd rather not try. They'd rather not hope. And that's something that I often talk about in coaching is that, you know, you're resilient. You can handle the hope. You can, sorry, you can handle the disappointment. Like don't lose out on just the amazing joy of hoping and um, anticipating and just like pursuing things that, yeah, it's a risk, but the joy of it is worth it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I think, I, I think that's, that's very key. So he, here, you know, we're, we're talking about something that is the antidote to fear of disappointment is to allow yourself to anticipate. Well, that's, I'm, I'm glad because, you know, I want that. Yeah. I, and I want to change the fact that I feel a bit flat mm-hmm. and I feel like, why hope? Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. Why get excited? Yeah. Um, selfishly, I want to change that because I found myself in that place. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I want to just say, get your wine glass ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, tink, you know, tink. clink, clink, uh, get your wine glass ready. Yeah. So I want to take us back um, to the wedding banquet 
in Cana. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is a biblical account. Okay. Many of you know will know this as the water into wine story. Oh, uh, okay? yes. Even if you don't, you know, you haven't been raised in a biblical setting or gone to church, you will know the whole story about the water into wine, yes. right? Yeah. It's famous. Yeah. But I want to I want to focus on a couple of things. So bear with me while I unpack this sure. for you because there's I'll a go lot to drink my wine while I wait. Please do. <laughs> yes. There's a lot in this. Yeah. Um so in, in John's gospel, we hear that there's this wedding mm-hmm. and it's in a place called Cana and Jesus and his mother, Mary, are in attendance. Mm-hmm. Now, there are lots of other people in attendance, mm-hmm. but Jesus and his mom are in attendance. Right. Now, I want to remind you, Jesus is about 30 at this point uh-huh. and we don't hear about any of the other siblings or Joseph or any about those, right, right. but Jesus and his mom are there, okay? Yeah. And at this wedding the couple runs out of wine to serve their guests. Mm -hmm. Now, historically, in Mm. that context, Mm. running out of wine for one's guests was a serious embarrassment. Mm. Yeah. At this time in history, this was a huge faux pas. Yeah. It It could actually alienate you from the community that you depended on for shared labor, for shared resources, mm-hmm. for trading back and forth, for business deals. Right. It could really come between all that. Yeah. It's so like shameful. this could have been a huge cause of shame yeah. for this family. Mm. The lack of wine implied that they did not have enough money mm-hmm. to serve the people they've invited. Right. In other words... This was an impending disaster for this whole family. Mm. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Mary, the mother of Jesus, notices this. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would notice that too. We don't know at this point if others have noticed it. Mm-hmm. Clearly the servants know about this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. But Mary's picking up on this. Mm-hmm. She's probably a two on the Indian. She's watching out. She's watching out. <laughs> yes. And it shows kind of the depth of her mother's heart. Yeah. You know, that she saw a need and she took it upon herself to try and help this couple out to Mm -hmm. avoid any embarrassment on their wedding day. Mm. Yeah. So she turns to the one person she trusts and Mm -hmm. she thinks can help, that's Jesus. Yeah. So Mary turns to Jesus and tells him, the couple has run out of wine. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the thing that gets me. Right. Jesus responds (laughs) and he says, woman, woo, woman. What have you to do with me? Right. My hour has not yet come. Yeah. Now, some of us could take offense to the fact that he calls his mother woman. Right. We can interpret it like a scolding. Yeah. But in the context of the day, not really. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this idea, what have you to do with me? Or what has it got to do with me? Right. Why is it my problem? Right. And then he says, my hour has not yet come. So yeah. the time for me to step up to the plate and start doing miracles... Is not now. Is not right now. Right. And he spoke as if he, she should know that. Yeah. Right. So have you ever wondered about this transaction? Yeah, that's true. It is, it is kind of odd. Because, and it's kind of a typical mother and son transaction, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I notice, I tell you, and your son goes, well, what do you want me to do about it? Right? Yeah, and back off, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds a little harsh. Yeah. Maybe like he's rebuking his mother. But by Mary's response, we know that this is not the case. Mm. Because she receives his response in a positive light. 
She turns to the waiters nearby, the servants, and she just looks at them. She goes, do whatever he tells you. Yeah. This is so unlike an eight on the Enneagram (laughs) who would be like, you need to go down the road to the next farm and get some wine, do it now, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's why I think she's a two. Okay. (laughs) But like she completely defers. Yeah. She doesn't take control. Do whatever he tells you. But she also says, do whatever he tells you as if she's expecting that he's going to do something. Exactly. That is interesting. Hmm. But the level of trust there and the level of anticipation is off the chart. Right. I think she's sitting there and I think she's rubbing her hands together. Yeah. And then she just pulls her wine glass a little closer. Ah, yes. Yes. So she knew him so well. That she trusted him. She yeah. trusted that even though there's possible disappointment down the road, that, you know what? He's got this. Exactly. Yeah. And I get to enjoy some of the beautiful I know. fruit of that. <laughs> Jesus immediately fulfills this request mm. and with great abundance. In fact, the wine is the best wine. There's so much of it. It's overflowing. Yeah. The first thing that hits me is that Mary's anticipating that Jesus is going to solve the wine problem. Mm-hmm. It's out of her control. It's in his hands. Yeah. He's going to do that. Yeah. The next thing is that Jesus moves so quickly from what sounds like a scolding to his mother to pulling off this huge miracle that gets everyone talking. Yes. Right? Yes. And what I don't know what transpired in those few minutes. Like, it's on my list of things to ask when I get to heaven. Okay. (laughs) How did you get from scolding your mother to turning the water into wine that fast? Right. Did you pull yourself away for a little bit, go to Father God and go, okay, my mom is asking, can I do it now, please? Right. I want to make her happy and I want to solve this problem. Right. We don't know what happened, but we do know that this is the first miracle, and now his ministry is public. Right. Right? Yeah. And why he would choose that? A it's, time of celebration. It's now a public, it's now a public ministry. Right. So there's Mary thinking and anticipating the ministry of Jesus beginning. She's been waiting. Mm-hmm. He's she 30. knows it's coming. What will it look like? And true to form, this happens at a wedding. Normal people doing normal people things like getting married mm-hmm. and eating food and drinking wine. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first miracle. Yeah. It was over normal stuff, mm-hmm. the normal stuff of life. Right. And then Mary saying to the waiters, do whatever he tells you. Mm-hmm. Mary didn't know what he's going to do, but she trusts him. Right. They've got that, that kind of that's, relationship. That's the key thing. She trusts him. She trusts in his goodness. Yep. She trusts in his love. Yep. She trusts in him, who he is as a person. Exactly. Yeah. And I just think this is a tremendous place for a mother to be. Can I also say she didn't trust in the outcome? That's true. Because she didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know what was going to happen. She trusted in him. Yep. His goodness. That's a big difference. Yeah. I got to chew on that one. So, yeah. So I I do think it's a tremendous place for a mother to be. Mm -hmm. She anticipated the miracle. She clearly thinks that Jesus can do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she sits back and watches as the magic happens. Mm -hmm. This has not been an overnight sensation. Right. This has been years in the making. Mm. From preconception, Mm. she knows who this son of hers is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she's been waiting a long time. Right. Because she does not know what it looks like, mm-hmm. this ministry of his. And she was chosen so early on as because of her tremendous faith. Her tremendous faith and the fact that she pondered these things in her heart. She was, I think she was that peace that we talked about in an earlier episode right. that is subdued. Right. She doesn't get flustered, according to this. She's right. not seemingly trying to take over and stuff. And also patience that prevails as she continues yeah. forward. Because we so, already know Mary's story is full of suffering. Too. Oh, it is. Yeah. And so when Jesus responds, there's this kind of underlying message, what is this to you and me? Mm-hmm. And as I read in, uh, an article, the most important part of understanding this response is found in the very, very middle of the two phrases. Mm-hmm. What is this to you and me? In Greek, it is ti amoi kaisol. This phrase describes two people looking at the same thing, but with different perspectives. Hmm. So when Mary comes to Jesus saying they have no wine... Right. Jesus answers saying, what is this wine to you and to me? Okay. In other words, mm. Jesus is saying to Mary, the, the wine means one thing, but to me it means another. Right. Yes. You know, the wine means the hosts and the family are not going to be um, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. The day's going to be saved. But he's anticipating the start of his ministry also means the start of the end. Wow, and that's such a different translation of what is this to you and me, which sounds like you said, like a rebuke, yes, like almost mean. But actually, when you look at it from the Greek standpoint, he's basically saying, we have a different perspective on this. Right. We see things differently. Yeah. Wow. So as humans, we do anticipate things differently. Right. One may see anticipated events with great joy, Mm. and the other may see anticipated events with great pain and sorrow. Well, a wedding is a great example. So like, uh, I think about when I got married, uh, my mom was happy, but actually she was very sad. She told me that. And she was anticipating losing her daughter. And leaving the home and all those things. Well, I wasn't living with her at that time. But so it's the same event. I was like beyond myself of excitement, but she was feeling sad. Well, every parent that has walked their little guy or girl into JK has felt that. It's the end of an era, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's the beginning of something great, but it's also the closing of a chapter that has sorrow attached to it, right? Mm -hmm. So we can, and a kid going off to university anticipating, whereas the parent is like, oh, my baby. I know. (laughs) So Mary views providing more wine as a compassionate act of love towards this couple. Mm -hmm. Jesus, on the other hand, knows that if he provides more wine, this will be the first miracle that he's performed. This would be the beginning of his public ministry and his road to the cross. Ah, yes. He's starting the the time, the the time ticking towards this, his My death. time has not yet come. Well, clearly it is. Yes. So then, put yourself in Mary's shoes. Mm-hmm. Mary knew for thirty years what would come once Jesus started his ministry. Yeah. In the temple, when Jesus was just a baby, mm. the prophet Simeon had told her that once Jesus' ministry would start, he'd be hated, misunderstood, and killed. Yeah. Even more, she knew for thirty years that her heart would be pierced with a sword as he suffers the agony of the passion. Wow. Yeah, I'd never thought of it from that standpoint. I had forgotten that she she knew this was coming. And yet, why would she urge him towards his ministry? Right. Wow. 
A lot of big questions there, uh-huh. right? Uh, conversation with Mary when we get to heaven. <laughs> yeah. And even with this full knowledge of what this miracle would mean for Jesus yeah. and for her, Mary still says yes. Yeah. She continues her fate without hesitation, turning to the waiter, saying, do whatever he tells you. Mm. And she gets her glass ready. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. So anticipation. Mm-hmm. Can we place our selves in Mary's shoes for a minute, you know, Mm. Um, like anticipation is not always filled with all joy. It can be a mix of joy and sorrow. Right. Right. And I think the ability to hold those two tensions is really important. So back to what you started when you said when people don't allow themselves to anticipate, they're choosing sorrow over this anticipation of joy. Right. And they're also choosing to not experience anything. Like they just want to go into like protect me from any pain. But then isn't humanity, isn't our human life all about experiencing these intense emotions, both good and bad? So as we've been coming out of these last couple of years, Mm -hmm. right? How can we foster anticipation? Oh, I love that. Knowing that some of those anticipations have brought much sorrow, Mm -hmm. have not panned out. Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of research on this, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to like get overly clinical with it. So I went right down to basics. Mm -hmm. And so practically, how do we foster anticipation, which in turn fosters hope and then feelings of happiness and joy? Mm -hmm. So start with a calendar. Mm. Look at what is already on there that would be something for you to anticipate. Right. I love that. A birthday party, yeah. a wedding reception that's been deferred. Right. You know, look at what you can already start to anticipate. Right. And it might be something as simple as book yourself a spa treatment. Exactly. Get your nails done. Like something to look forward to. Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. something small. Yeah. Then look for the human connections. Oh, yes. I'm with you on that. Who are you connected to that you could schedule a walk with, a lunch with? Mm. Um, you know, the connections at the wedding at Cana, at Cana took place at a wedding celebration. Right. It was an event to see relatives and friends and make new friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So look at the places where you can make connections again. Mm-hmm. Look for times of play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is a playful thing that you could attend? Right. Um, and remember, we've talked about in a previous episode, play is that there is no productive end to it. You're no. doing it just for the sheer pleasure of whatever that thing yeah. is. That you're doing. And I, I looked around just in our local uh, summer calendar in where I live. There's lots of concerts in the park yeah. again. Yeah. There's, uh, there's plays again in the park. Mm-hmm. I just have to take my lawn chair, yeah. park myself and watch something. Uh. Yes. And that is play. Mm. So go find, you know, go find a local sports team, the Timbits group, a little kids learning to play soccer and just like, you know, pull up a chair to Tim so, and just watch little kids learn something. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Just do something that is playful and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to a dog park. And watch the antics of all I the social know. structures of the well, dog park. Yes. It's hysterical. Yes. Right? I'm sure. Uh, so that's number three. Mm-hmm. Look to master something. Mm-hmm. So learning something new like tennis or kayaking or bird watching develops div- incremental skills that build mastery and build anticipation 
for future growth and development. So I've been recruiting people to join me in Dragon Boat. <laughs> no, you haven't been <laughs> recruiting. You've been subtly strong-arming people to Wait. join. I watched you last okay. week. <laughs> but I'm helping them master something. Exactly. This is anticipation. Exactly. Yeah. So a friend of mine who is in really hard circumstances right now, um, she's in a caregiving role for her husband mm. um, as he's gone through a stem cell transplant. Yeah. She's spending a lot of time in isolation. Yeah. Um, but they have bird feeders in their backyard. Mm. So the other day when I was sitting with her, um, she's got an app on her phone and she can record yeah. a bird song in her yeah. backyard and then it tells her what's in her backyard. It, I love that. Like for those of you who are listening, kind of going, no, I can't, I can't, I don't have the money, I don't have the time. Like something as simple as sitting in your backyard, listening to birds, downloading an app and trying to figure out what the birds are. Like that's, that's wonderful. And she's, then she's going to her bird book and looking up the details. That's amazing. And so she's, She's doing something that is going to have some mastery to it. And, right. you know, and she's enjoying the time. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be expensive. Can I, can I add something to that? Yes. Uh, so what kind of gives us a boost is when we get some dopamine. Mm-hmm. And our brain gets a boost when we master something. I love and dopamine. It doesn't, I know, I love it too. <laughs> and it could be something as simple as just completing a, a task. And just by that, you get this shot of dopamine. And it actually makes you feel better. It's why doing the laundry is so good for me. Well, and the fact that you went out weeding was probably because <laughs> you were getting looking for a dopamine shot. I was no, I was looking. <laughs> I was not looking for dopamine. You were looking I was to punish. Looking, yes, <laughs> I was taking it out on some weeds. There's yes. no dopamine. Yes. Okay, and then the last thing is to take advantage of the summer. Look for all the free events. Mm. There's tons. Open door events where you can see a building that's normally off limits. Right. Guided forest walks through your local marshes or forests concerts and plays in local parks. Look for all the freebies. Mm. Put them on your calendar. Right. And you know what? Yeah. If you don't go, you don't go. You haven't hurt anything. That's right. But, you know, take advantage of this yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. And importantly for all of you who are working from home, mm-hmm. build a weekend vibe on the weekend. No, I love that. You know, for all of those who work at home, there's no TGIF. Yeah. Because our days all look the same. Mm. So create a TGIF. Right. You know? Yeah. My husband and I have what we call a south patio, <laughs> which is our <laughs> which is our driveway. <laughs> the three-year-old can't see us from the windows on the driveway, so we take a couple of lawn chairs out there. Oh my gosh. And then we have the Pudio. Yes. Which are dog's favorite pooping spot. Of course. Which again the three-year-old can't see us there. So I'll text my hubby and go... Meet uh, you there. Meet you on the Pudio at 4 p.m. <laughs> um, you know, just to catch up, to have some alone time, whatever it is, to make the transition between and the that, work But that's day. something to look forward to. It is. Yeah. You know, and we both know what the difference is, the south patio or the Pudio. Right. So please, you know, mm-hmm. do some of these things to foster that anticipation again. Would you have anything to add to this, Mary? Well, as I was listening, I was thinking about the other end of things, like how our mind is overwhelmed with so much thoughts and problems and negative stuff is like guard yourself. Like maybe don't listen to the news. I mean, you don't really have control over things. Like put a bit of a pause on that. Maybe like get off social media and all the negativity that can be on that. Um, 
you know, choose to read or watch only uplifting things. Yeah. So again, it, it just creates space in your heart and your mind and in your body to then actually anticipate good things. That's right. So that's what I would add to that. And, you know, I was sharing with you earlier that I had shared with my daughter who was going to tell me something about a recent event that happened in Texas. I said to her, I can't. Mm-hmm. I have this much margin. And if you saw my fingers, yeah. there's like a centimeter of margin left for yeah. me. Yeah. Because the news has been so dark. Right. And so I've had to take a break from it. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and neural science already shows that we literally rewire our brains based on our experiences. So every single time you're filling your mind with negative experiences, you're wiring very negative pathways. When you fill your mind with positive experiences and positive uplifting um, thoughts and activities, you're rewiring it towards that. So you are doing something so good for your brain. Yeah. And of course, our, how we experience life comes through our brain. So like, please give yourself lots of those um, neurochemical lifts yes. by pursuing this anticipation. You're going to be filled with so much good hormones that as life continues and as you have to deal with hardship, you're just going to have more in the tank to yes. deal with it. And you want to build those reserves so that you're not shutting yourself off from the world. Yes. Right? But you are available to the world. Exactly. And when you get to these low margins, you just can't do that. Right. So, Tisha Pishin, people. Tisha, tisha Pishin. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jillian. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.